You're afraid of death? Come on, dude. <laughs> That's no big deal. Giant robot smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast. It is Wednesday, June 19th. My name is Ben Orenstein. I'm here today with Jack Kaufman. Hey, Jack. Hey, Ben. Great to be on the show. So, Jack, you are the author of the Found a Business book. Yep. How did you decide on that topic? So, the inspiration for writing the Found a Business book really came from two places. The first was... Uh, Andrew Warner's Mixergy.com, mm-hmm. where he interviews lots of different entrepreneurs and founders and uses those interviews as an educational resource. And then also a while ago, maybe six to eight months ago on Hacker News, someone posted a book called The Side Project Book, where the author of that book went and interviewed a bunch of different people who had created successful side projects and kind of got their wisdom and collected their wisdom and then compiled all of the interviews into a book. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that, I thought, huh, that's really interesting. If he did that for side projects, maybe the same thing would work for interviewing founders of businesses and startups. So in December of 2012, I started contacting different tech entrepreneurs and asking them if I could interview them and include them in the book. And that's how I started with it. And that's where I got the inspiration. Mm. So what did your uh, contacts or your emails to these people look like? How did you pitch them? So the basic pitch was that I would tell them my age and just tell them that I was working on this book. And And you're 17? I'm 17. Yeah. Yeah. So I I tried to use that kind of as, as an angle when pitching them. Sure. And I just basically said to them that I'd really appreciate if they would answer the questions over email or if they would do the interview over Skype and uh, that they would also get a free copy of the book when I finished it. So that was kind of the basic pitch I used. Mm -hmm. What was your response rate like? It was pretty low, uh, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably emailed... 80 to at least probably 80 entrepreneurs and for the first edition which launched in april of 2013 i had 16 entrepreneurs in the book so Mm -hmm. it was about 20 percent, maybe a little bit less Mm -hmm. so it was pretty low but i really appreciated everyone who participated in the first edition and it was really encouraging for me every time I got someone to commit to being interviewed to kind of keep going and keep seeking out new entrepreneurs to include in the book. Mm. I also imagine that that was sort of a bit of a snowball effect. Like, do you say, oh, by the way, we also just finished interviewing, you know, Jeff Atwood. So you should join the party with all these cool people. Definitely. And I think, I don't think that helped quite as much for the first edition, but I went to, when I went to work on the second edition, I think that really helped because the conversion rate I had when contacting founders and entrepreneurs for the second edition was much higher uh, than the first edition. And I think being able to show them the book and how I'd finished the first edition was something that really, I don't know if impressed them or showed them that I was serious about the project and that Mm -hmm. uh, I think that helped in getting more entrepreneurs for the second edition. Totally. So there's, there's actually quite a list in the second edition. Is, are we on the second edition now? Yeah, so the second edition, what I did is I took the 
entrepreneurs I interviewed from the first edition mm-hmm. and took all of those interviews and then did a bunch of new interviews and just added the interviews from the first edition and with the new interviews. Mm-hmm. Makes so sense. The, the second edition now has 33 interviews in total. Mm, including such greats as Chad Pytel, CEO of ThoughtBot. Yep, definitely. <laughs> but it's actually, it's, it's quite a list. I got to say, like, we've got Jack Dorsey and Tom Preston Warner and Ryan Carson. There's a, uh, there's a lot of names on here from a lot of businesses that I recognize. It's quite, a, quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's really incredible how all of these people were willing to give up their time and to, to help me uh, work on this book. And I mean, I really appreciate it. And I mean, yeah, and, and you're not going to be able to leverage this I'm 17 year old thing forever. <laughs> no, yeah, I actually turned 18 uh, towards the end of July. So. Okay. Yeah, you're going to get a little less cute then, and they're going to be, you know, not quite as willing to help you out. Definitely, yeah. So, so it's great that I kind of have gotten to know all of these people and include them now because I think, uh, I think that could be helpful in the future. Oh, totally. And like, it's kind of so this approach of emailing people that have, um, that are well known and have a lot of influence, when you do get them, it's sort of a amazing networking for you, right? Because now you have had long, co- an hour long conversation with all these people. Um, Sort of like the and and also it's it's one of the things that got you on this podcast most likely is that you interviewed Chad and you two had a relationship and then he I imagine reached out to you for this definitely and it's also led to other opportunities for instance I reached out to a bunch of different people at tech media organizations mm-hmm. when I started working on the second edition asking if they would write about the book and. I got one response from a guy at Forbes named Ryan Mack, and I was able to write a guest post for Forbes.com about my experience interviewing Jack Dorsey. So that's kind of one of the opportunities that writing the book and doing the interviews has led to. Totally. That's awesome. Um, so have, what what do you find for the themes of these people? So I think, did you ask roughly the same questions to the, all, everybody on that book? There are definitely some similar questions. Yeah. So usually I'll, one of the kind of constant questions in the book that I would ask is kind of what's one really critical piece of advice you would give to someone looking to start and grow a business. But And kind of I'd ask about marketing techniques and kind of customer acquisition strategies mm-hmm. uh, to each entrepreneur. But I'll, some of the questions, I'd say a fair amount of the questions were different. Um, as for common themes, I think the entrepreneurs I interviewed really kind of fall into two categories. So one type of entrepreneur is the entrepreneur that raises funding and is using that to really help propel their businesses. Mm-hmm. And the other is bootstrappers. So common themes with the boot, I tend to kind of see myself more as a bootstrapper and really kind of prefer that route. So a common theme with bootstrappers is that it's much easier to sell to businesses than it is to sell to consumers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's much easier and much better to create a sustainable bu- business, building software or technology for other businesses, mm-hmm. because they're more likely to see the value of the software more easily. And they're m- more willing and more likely to pay because if a piece of software can save them time or make them more money or help cut costs, Mm -hmm. then that's something that is really a no brainer for a business to buy. Sure. So uh, what surprised you most about the book? Any like crazy reveals or things you wouldn't have guessed during your interviews? 
Hmm. I don't think I don't think I found too many surprises when kind of throughout all the interviews. I think the biggest surprise working on the book was that all of these people would agree to be included. <laughs> so that was that was a huge surprise. Um but I don't think there were really any kind of really big uh jump like moments or pieces of advice from mm-hmm. the interviews that mm-hmm. uh were really new or um that really took me for a loop yeah sure what about the book process itself any any things that surprised you during that other than people being willing to talk to you yeah um i think well there were a couple things i was working on the book the first edition I worked on during the school year, uh, so I was still had all my classes and all my homework, and that was really uh, difficult to uh, manage the time so th- uh, and kind of get everything finished. Um, so that was kind of a part of the process that was a bit surprising. And then for the second edition, I had more time because I was actually working on that for a school project mm. where every year at the end of the senior year for students at my school, the seniors can work on an independent project. So I had more time then. And besides that is I also transcribed a lot of the interviews myself. So that was a process that was pretty tedious and um, pretty time consuming. And I think in the future, I probably wouldn't do that again, but mm-hmm. I think it was also a good learning experience. So that was that was kind of a difficult process as well. What are you studying in school? So my plan right now is to either study math or computer science. But my concern with that is kind of when looking at computer science curriculums at schools across, really across the country, they don't really teach a lot of the skills that are necessary for building web applications, which is what I'm really interested in. So I think they do teach a lot of valuable information and knowledge, but that's kind of a concern I have with studying uh, comp sci. So I might, I might study comp sci, but I could see myself doing math or another uh, type of science and then learning Ruby and rails on the side. So yeah. Yeah, as someone with experience in a computer science program, I I can tell you there is a there's not a very much focus on real world applicability, unfortunately. Yeah, and kind of the thing is there's so many great programs coming out that teach you all of the skills you need to be a web app programmer, Ruby programmer, yeah. developer without having to go to school. Like you guys have Thoughtbot Prime, and you have the Apprentice program, and there are other programs like Dev Bootcamp. Yep that really are changing the way things are done and really changing the game with how you can go to one of these programs and learn a lot in a really short amount of time and then finish and have a really great salary and a really great set of skills if you want to have a career there or go and program your own web application sure. and start your own business it's interesting so. it's kind of like a it's almost like a shift to, to trade schools like a computer science degree is nice if you're interested in the, in the theories behind how computers work and you want like an academic overview of, yep. of that but if you're if you want to get trained for a job and something if you're very practical then it's not as good a fit definitely and that's something that actually ryan carson talks a lot about he didn't really talk about it in uh the interview i had with him but 
just in general, how with he kind of encourages people not to go to school because they can learn the skills to have a really great job and build a really great career without investing so much time and so much money. Yeah. And they can get those skills in a sh- really a fairly short amount of time and with not as much money. So yeah. I think I, I, we're seeing. I would second more. that. I'd recommend you go to school for like two years on an easy major and build your stuff on the side and have a good time. Yeah. Because there's, there is one, I think, an irreplaceable thing of colleges, which is living with a bunch of people your age and having an awesome time. And definitely, without a doubt. That's, that's definitely an experience that I don't want to miss. Recommended. I but I would rec- I'd major yeah. in psychology <laughs> and then build your stuff on your free time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll see. I'll We're going to get a hate I mean, mail it's... from psych majors. <laughs> it's, uh, I definitely want to be flexible when I go off to school and really make sure that I allow enough time to work on my businesses and side projects because that's extremely important to me. Sure. Cool. And it's amazing what a little bit of passive income in college will do for you compared to your peers who are kind of scraping by at the poorest time of your life, more or less. Definitely. Yeah. So what is your sort of end game goal with starting these businesses? What do you hope happens over the long term? So kind of my main goal is to be able to have a source of, have a job that I really enjoy, uh, working on and going to every day and to also really create something that allows me to be in control of my own destiny. And I think starting a business is really a great way to do that where you can kind of control how quickly the business grows, how you want to run it, to grow it. And you can also really affect people in a a pretty amazing way as well. So I think that's something that I think would be a really great situation to end up in. I also kind of could see myself working on a business where that would give me the flexibility to travel and to kind of live in different locations. So that's something that I'd also really uh, love to have and enjoy as well. Do you have any um, fears about the future? Hmm, That's a really good question. I think one fear I have is that I'm not successful. So, I mean, I'm... been so young. I'm so young right now. And for a while, I've been working on these projects at a young age. So there hasn't been a lot of risk. Mm. And I think as I get older, kind of the risk will start to increase a little bit. So I think when you say risk, kind of, do you mean like pressure to succeed? Or like actual like financial risk or I think pressure to succeed, but also kind of financial risk. I mean, there's, there's always some risk in starting a business and trying to grow it. And I think that's uh, something something that scares me. And so that's definitely a, a fear. Uh, besides that, I guess just kind of normal things that other kind of everyone's afraid of illness, um, death. So you're afraid of death. Come on, dude. <laughs> that's no big deal. Do you have a favorite interviewee? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if I have a favorite because I think there's like, there's lots of really valuable advice in every interview Mm -hmm. and each interview kind of covers a different topic, but because I tend to like prefer kind of the bootstrapping model and way of life, I really enjoyed talking with people like, 
uh, Rob Walling and Nathan Berry and Chad, and also interviewing people like Patrick McKenzie and Brennan Dunn and Matt Mazur and Alan Schaaf. So mm-hmm. those, that's kind of, those were, I guess, my favorites. Yeah, because that kind of model speaks to you a bit. Definitely. You're not going to raise a million dollars for a series A on book version volume three. <laughs> I don't think so. And I mean, I think there are certain there without a doubt, there are certain businesses that raising money is definitely good for and really necessary. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe someday I'll start a business that requires me to raise money. But for now, I kind of see myself really cr- working on products and creating products that I can sustain by myself and uh, not require outside funding. Sure. What are you doing for marketing right now for the book, other than posting on Forbes? So that's a good question. Yeah, so that definitely helped uh, quite a bit. And then I'm also working on some traditional media marketing. So for instance, I did an interview for the local newspaper in my town. I'm going to be going potentially on the local uh, TV station to do an interview there. Hmm. And then also I'm really working on building up some partnerships and also trying to build up an affiliate marketing plan. So I've reached out to different people and different organizations over the past few weeks asking if they might be willing to partner and promote the book in exchange for a percentage of each sale. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any definite partnerships yet, but that's something that I think could be really valuable for me and for the people I'm reaching out to. So I think that's one really great way uh, that I'm going to really increase the sales and do a lot of marketing. And besides that, I think I'd like to do reading about uh, kind of paid acquisitions. So display ads, uh, AdWords, maybe other forms of advertising. And then also my plan is to start blogging regularly. So I'm in the past, I've blogged a little bit here and there, but I've never really done it regularly. Mm -hmm. I've never really had a plan for writing content. So my goal is to maybe blog once or twice a week. And I think that'll help as well as kind of the blog grows and get email subscribers from the blog, because something that I've kind of learned from people like Nathan Berry and Patrick McKenzie and others is that email marketing really converts much higher than any other form of marketing. So I don't think I'd really do any social media work uh, just because from reading a blog post by Nathan Berry, he's had so much success with email. And from reading his book called Authority, uh, he also talks a lot about how it's important to build up an email list. So I think that's where I'll really focus a lot of time as well. Hmm. So what do your uh, high school fellow high school friends think of this project? I think they think it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I spoke, I didn't speak with him, but I, he did an interview over email. I did an interview with Evan Spiegel, who's a co-founder of Snapchat. And I thought that interview was pretty cool. And I, I think they think some of the other interviews were pretty cool. But I mean, I don't think they're... I know too many other kind of high school kids who are interested in business. So Mm -hmm. uh, that makes it a little bit more difficult, but kind of when the book launched and 
as I continue to do more marketing, everyone around me has been really supportive, which is great. Cool. So it's it's June now. So are you on summer vacation? Yeah, I graduated last Friday and I'm on summer vacation now. So I'm really, now that school's over, I'm really looking to kind of ramp up my marketing efforts and really work hard to promote the book and also work on some other projects. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. So So what's next for you? Besides marketing the book, I think I'd really like to work on building a business around a software product. So whether that be creating my own software product or potentially acquiring a small SaaS app. Mm -hmm. So right now, I don't know how to code and I don't really know much design as well. So that's something I really want to focus on learning over the summer and being able to kind of create my own apps and really having the ability to create a business, which I think is super valuable. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where I see myself going in the near future and really trying to build a profitable uh, software as a service application. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there may be something you could sign up for that's targeted to teaching you those type of things that we may be able to help you with. Uh, ThoughtBot Prime? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely uh, looked at ThoughtBot Prime, and I think I'll probably sign up for it eventually. Yeah, we may be even able to hook you up with a little something or other. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, really appreciate it. But only until you're 19, and then you're you're <laughs> off. Going to become that a real sounds man. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, so, any college in the future? Or are you just going to build your own businesses? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So, right now, my plan is to go to Haverford College in the fall, which is located just outside of Philadelphia. It's a small school, and I mean, that's the plan right now. If I start a SaaS app or if the book really starts to grow quickly and kind of sales come in at a, a great, a pretty good clip, I'd be open to kind of striking out on my own and working on my own projects um, because I'd have more time to. But my plan is to go to school right now and to enjoy to enjoy that and work on my kind of business ideas in my book as much as possible. Sure. On the side, mostly. Yeah, on the side. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. So have you, you haven't done any programming before? I've done a little bit. Okay. So last summer, I worked on a really small application web app that sent reminders to people when it was time to take their medications. And that was called pillsoftware.com. And I think it still might be up. But for that, I learned, I went through Michael Hartel's book, and I also watched some videos about Ruby. And I was able to create the application and get all the functionality together and accept payments and allow people to log in and log out. But I feel like I didn't really, even though I was able to get a working app together, Mm -hmm. I didn't really spend enough time to understand programming and kind of the basics behind building web apps. So my goal was much more to get an application out the door and to try to make something so that I could grow it and make a business out of it than Mm -hmm. to really understand the code. And I think that was a mistake because if I had really focused more on understanding the code and learning the code, then I would have been able to continue working on other projects during the school year. Right. Whereas after the summer ended, because I didn't really have a strong foundation of skills built up and because I didn't really have a good understanding, 
I didn't really f- have the motivation to continue coding and to continue learning because I knew that it would be difficult to really add on to such add on to my base mm-hmm. during the school year when I had less time. So makes sense. Well, uh, I gotta imagine if you put your mind to it, you'll you'll get through it. If I were, I wish I had had my stuff half as together as you do at seventeen. So I think you're you're in pretty good shape. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it, and I think it's really it just comes down to finding the time and spending at least a few hours every day just practicing and totally uh, getting to know, just learning. It's, so it's kind of amazing what a little bit of repeated practice will do. Definitely, Built without up a over doubt. Time. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's about it. Um, I appreciate you chatting with us, Jack. Thank you. Yeah, it's a huge honor to be on the show and uh, for you guys to have me on. So thanks for having me. Totally. So if people wanted to pick up a copy of the book, can you give us the URL for that? Yeah, of course. It's just at www.foundabusiness.com. Okay. And your Twitter handle? Yep. You can follow me at Kaufman Jack. So at K-A-U-F-M-A-N underscore J-A-C-K. Cool. Uh, if you'd like to access show notes for this episode, you can go to thoughtbot.com slash podcast slash 54. Today's podcast was recorded by Mike Manor, edited by Igor Stolarski, and produced by Chad Pytel. Thanks for listening.